Ah, Chris, here we are, bud, back in Ireland. Look at this beautiful weather we're having. You can't beat it. It's starting to rain. Don't be such a Debbie Downer, Chris. It's beautiful out. Dude, a lightning bolt just fucking struck behind your head. Chris, please, please. That's neither here nor there. Chris, let's hit up an Irish pub. Beer's on me, pal. Yo, check out this place, dude. It is fucking hopping. You hear that shit? That's the sign on the door. BTC. What? Pod? No way that's us. Between the Cracks podcast one night only? What the fuck? Maybe they knew they were coming? Nobody knew we were coming. I didn't say shit. I didn't even set anything up. Fuck, let's check it out. Oh, this is fucking weird, man. What the fuck? It's Blue Balls. What the fuck is Blue Balls saying? Why are you... Why is everybody going crazy? What? Did you hear that, dude? He said he's getting rid of us. He said he's the main star of this show and... Oh, fuck you. I can't believe Blue Balls is plotting against us. This is fucking bullshit. We just got blackballed by Blue Balls. I bet you that's a good point. <laughs> One, two, three. All right, everybody, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Dream of Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, I'm sure you could tell by my lack of enthusiasm tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired as fuck. We are leaving for New Jersey tomorrow, so I had to work and make up for fucking two to three days that I'm going to be gone. I had to mow the fucking lawn. I had to do all this other shit, put a new bumper on a Jeep. I am exhausted. I am fucking irritated. And I'm sweating bullets again. This is not going to be a good episode because, Chris, we are off to a terrible start. Now, <laughs> with that said, how are you doing, little buddy? My man, Robert the Doll has more spirit than you right now. <laughs> I am. My it eyes. Is. I'm speaking into this mic. My eyes are closed. I swear to God, they're closed. <laughs> It'll be a miracle if we can get through this one tonight, folks, because neither of us want to do this right now. That's the fucking truth. And the thing is, too, I had taken a bunch of notes on this case, and I fucking misplaced them. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> that never happened. I don't know where they are. I finally decided to take some notes. This is why I'm not doing it ever again. So uh, let that sink in for a little bit. And. I'm sorry, Would it even matter anyway? No, it wouldn't matter. We take notes. We look at them and we're like, I don't remember what this was. So, Chris and I were at a uh, 4th of July gathering at uh, my brother-in-law Derek's house, and uh, we had a wiffle ball game. Now, <laughs> this fucking game got so intense at the end, it's unbelievable. I came in throwing fucking heat like uh, Mo Rivera. Two in the third inning, <laughs> seven strikeouts. Bottom nine, two outs to close out the game. <laughs> and brother, you know damn well what happened. The fucking wheels came off. <laughs> I somehow allowed seven earned runs. We had to call in Steve to re fucking relieve me in a wiffle ball game of all things to get the final two outs with the bases loaded. <laughs> and we held on to win 10 to 9. Now, Chris, if that was not the, the an exact replica of a fucking Mets game, I don't know what is. 
Well, had it been a Mets game, oh, yeah, the, I was ready to give up a walk off home run. Be a little different. I still can't yeah. move my fucking arm. It's been three days. It didn't fucking help that I was lit. What I I must have smoked thirty cigars that night. <laughs> my man, you were a tobacco leaf. By the what time you the left. fucking woke up green? Oh, I can't, I don't know how you did that. I would have puked my brains out. I think you know what I have to do, bud, because I have some big news, huge podcast news. Do tell. Let let me just do what I have to do first. Hold on one second. We have our first Patreons. My friend Sam and his girlfriend Megan made a killer donation to our program. Can you believe it? Wow. Yes, I cannot fucking believe it. I, uh was talking to him the other day and asked him if he had actually listened to the show and he said he actually liked it. And then uh, all of a sudden, I checked the fucking BTC eat my dick fucking Gmail thing (laughs) and uh, there it was. It was our first fucking Patreon. I couldn't believe it. So uh, thank you you to Mr. Sam Lawrence and Megan Wirt. We really appreciate it. I got another compliment, Chris, uh, from someone that will remain unnamed. And this was my hope when I started the show. Somebody said to me, this show is fucking great to listen to when you're stoned. And that is kind of exactly <laughs> what I wanted. I wanted you to get a little creeped out, but have a little fun and relax with the show, right, Chris? Because we're fun guys. <laughs> yeah. That's one way of putting it. And I'm happy to announce, too, I told you fucking Sam, when we were talking off air, his mom, well, Chris and I are going to be covering a case about, <laughs> this is insane, a Dutchess County teacher who, not only a murderer... Not only a rapist, but a fucking cannibal as well. So this guy uh, has it all. And I was talking to Sam, and here's the thing. His fucking, his mom was actually a student in this guy's class down in Poughkeepsie. So years and years ago. But she said, like, he had these really, like, funny fucking tics, and he was, like, really weird. And then uh, they they always thought he was kind of suspect. And then... uh, Lo and behold, it came to fruition. Now, I was reading up about this case. I'm not going to give the guy's name away yet, but uh, it's pretty fucking sick. We're going to have our first interview? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what Sam knows about the case, but uh, he will be on the show, <laughs> and we will be interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He probably knows just about as much as we do before <laughs> we, we start a case. <laughs> we'll, we'll put the three of our heads together and come up with something. Oh, God. <laughs> Now, before I get to you, Chris, I have one more fucking thing to say. I, this is all good news. My friend Chris Smith Hedges wrote me, and uh, she wanted to purchase some shirts. And she actually started getting on me. She goes, where is the order form? Where do I buy these fucking things? I need a couple of them. And I said, slow down. I'm getting around to it. I know I keep saying it. It's going to happen. i got to put the little list together. I'm trying to get the shirts made at a local shop here. Uh, hashtag my local. Was it was it by by small business? Whatever the fuck the thing is. So I'm trying to get that. Shit, I'm trying to get that shit done. And then she starts riding me over the goddamn punctuation that uh, I'm using to describe the cases. So then I, I got heated about that, and then that ended that discussion. I, you know what I'm really excited about, Chris? We have a new character that we're introducing next week that I can't wait for everybody to, to, to get a hold of. I mean, at this we have so many characters. Blue Balls is definitely a consistent one. I think he is he's probably more popular than you and I are as far as this podcast fucking goes. But with all that said, Chris, now I'm coming back to life. I'm feeling good, I'm feeling energized. Now I need to know, bud. How are you? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> good, I guess. I mean 
let's let's try to put this in perspective here in terms of our readiness for this case. Oh, because man. a mere four minutes before I was supposed to be in to record, I was still outside in the garden and self destruct sequence activated. <laughs> and I took a peek down and said, Oh shit. That's neither here nor there because that's about the amount of time I give myself anyway to, to, Bro, to research I, the case. I've done you. I, I did the same fucking thing. First off, I bought this bumper for the Jeep. It's supposed to be an hour installation, right? So fucking simple. Nothing ever works. Bolts are seized on. I can't balance the thing with my hands. And then the, the, it's a metal fucking bumper. So, like, it was sitting in the sun, so I went to pick the fucking thing up. And I think I got third degree fucking burns all over my hands now. <laughs> So I then I looked down at my fucking watch and I was like, holy shit! I, I texted Chris. I was like, let's do this on Thursday. Then I wrote back a second later. Ah, fuck it. Let's do it. let's give it a shot. So you know this is gonna be a real winner tonight. I think I talked about this last week. Um, a lovely young lady from Ireland contacted me about the Trevor Dealey case. I know I mentioned that, and then she had suggested this case. And once again, I do not recall her name. But I am going to tag her in this when I get the episode up and running because it is a great suggestion and it is a case that I had never heard of. But tonight we are heading back to Ireland because, bud, tonight we are discussing the oldest missing persons case in Ireland's history. Ireland? Please, anybody from Ireland who's actually listening to this, we apologize in advance for butchering just about every single name. Well, you know what? I, I do our best. I did. It's like I would, uh, for example, County Fermanagh. I, I, I would type this shit into YouTube and then listen how to pronounce it. So I think I got some of it down. All right. So <laughs> now before I get... I, I question some of those YouTube tra- pronunciations sometimes. <laughs> you ever read the comments? Someone says, that's not how you fucking say it. <laughs> this set us up. This is not good. But uh, let's get into it, Chris. And this is a sad case. This is the story of... The disappearance of Mary Boyle. Now, Mary Boyle was six years old when she disappeared from, now here we go, Chris, County Denegal and County Fermanagh. Now, what's funny here is that we say it the opposite here in the state. So, uh, I live in Dutchess County. Chris lives in Putnam County. And so, the county is at the end of the fucking uh, name of the county here. So, forgive us if we say it wrong, but it's taking it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. Now, back to the story. Mary went missing... On March 18th of 1977, and the crazy thing here is that she was actually visiting her grandparents' farm, right? So it's like she went missing at a location that was known to her. Even though they didn't get to the farm that often to visit, she has been there and she was with her family and she was familiar to a degree with her surroundings. Now, generally, when you think of missing person cases, you think of maybe even a child getting lost or just being quickly abducted on the street or in a crowded location but that's not what we have here we have something completely fucking different and very odd as we said she was on her grandparents farm which was in cashlard now chris now i like the name of this town and that is near the oldest town in ireland bud which is called ballyshannon you know when you look at the landscape and i've checked uh i looked into a couple videos and you know, charted out the the Mary's route the day she uh, disappeared. It's a pretty fucking big farm, and there's a couple buildings on it, and there's some ponds and some kind of like like marshlands and shit like that. So there are definitely some dangerous factors as far as the landscape goes for, uh, especially as we said, a six year old child. Like so, there's definitely opportunity for her to have gotten hurt, 
drown, have any kind of accident with a piece of uh, farm machinery, or, you know, foul play by someone that she knew, or a random abductor. So those are basically our options that we are looking into as far as what happened to Mary. Now, the funny thing about this case is that from every article I read, now I know I get trouble when every time I read a fucking article from a different country and the information's wrong, but everything I hear is that this case is not very well publicized anymore. It recently just came back into the forefront when they released a new documentary called Mary Boyle, The Untold Story. And I saw that documentary, I watched it not too long ago, and it's a, it's a little unnerving. They speculate who they think is involved without actually giving any names. So you're going to be able to draw some of your own conclusions as to who you think the suspects are the further along we get into this case. As we already said, and I'm going to reiterate again, this happened on the family farm. It did indeed. So, Mary has a twin sister named Anne, and her mother's also name is Anne. Father's name is Charlie, and an older brother named Patty, and they are at the mother's parents' house. Now, Chris, hold on. Do you mean the maternal grandmother? That is another way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're on, it's on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, apparently that was like a, a traditional thing that they would do, is take a ride out to the farm on St. Patrick's yeah. Day, so... and. Nothing out of the norm so far. Well, so there's a shitload of kids, right? Or yeah, just there's, a couple cousins. Cousins are there. Brother, sister. Uh, so you got a group of little kids playing outside. Yeah. And so her uncle, uh, who was going to be returning a ladder to another farm, this is her mom's brother, 400 yards away. Basically, she decides to tag along. So she followed her uncle. Now it's weird because it says that she followed her uncle who was returning the ladder, but... They got to a point, basically, where there was, like, a pool of water, and there's, this is, like, near marshland, because it's, it's on the coast. And it has, right? to, but the thing, too, is that it has to be conjoined farms, right? So, if their grandparents have a farm, and he's returning something to a farm that's 400 yards away, I'm assuming that they border each other. So, I mean, you're talking a pretty expansive piece of fucking landscape for this little girl to, to go missing on, so it's no small fucking potatoes. Like, like we always say, too, with missing person cases time is always of the essence because this was not like the case where trevor dealy went missing and nobody inquired for you know what was it the whole weekend three, three days yeah right so anything at that point you know your, your 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 window just gets smaller and smaller so but in this case she's following him they come across this pool of water that they're that they have to cross which i guess is the only way to i mean unless it was just the quickest way but it got too deep for her. So she turned back. And this is where it's kind of weird because it says either her uncle told her to go back or she decided to go back herself. But, like, how do you not know that information? From, you know, where he gets a lot of grief is that he doesn't speak about it. And it's easy to say, oh, well, if he's not talking, then he's fucking guilty. But, you know, people have different ways in which they handle situations. So he just may be very uncomfortable talking about it. So we don't know. But... You're right. I mean, how is that information not disclosed? I mean, especially if you're trying to determine what happened to this little girl, even all these years later, but especially at the time of the event, and you're trying to fucking find her and save her life. You know, how do you not know exactly what fucking happened? And it's crazy because it says that it would have been, it would not have lasted longer than five minutes. Her walk back from the point where she was to to the home uh, at her grandparents' home was a mere five minute walk. So, the uncle makes his way to the farm, and he's chatting with the family that he just returned the ladder to for about 30 minutes. 
then they discovered that she had disappeared and at this point they started getting searches in the local area and they're questioning anybody that would have passed by and could have seen her they do get one account from a fisherman which previously said that he saw her get into a red car and drive away but it was revealed that that actually he never actually saw anybody he just saw in a suspicious red car but you know what I don't understand is the layout of this land, okay? So I've looked at it, and I, I know that there's some ponds and all this other shit and some inlets, but, you know, they say that there's the one account of this fisherman. Where the fuck was this guy that he was able to have such a, a, a bird's eye view of this red car and uh, supposedly have the account of uh, Mary getting into this fucking car? Like, was he on the, f- the fucking grandparents' property fishing? There is a lake. There's Lake Asaro. If you go to the east... And then if you go to the west, there's the River Urn, which runs right into the Atlantic. Those, right nearby their property, then. I'm assuming, because what I'm looking at where the location of, of Ballyshannon is, is right near... And there's, like, this running from River Urn to the lake. Well, not completely to the lake, but there's a little inlet that runs through there, and I wonder if that is... And I'm assuming there's a bunch of little marshland, too, and stuff like that. Yeah, because this guy was in a boat, so he wasn't just fishing on the side of the waterway or something. This guy was actually in a fucking boat. That makes sense, then, because that area runs right through the backside of the town. So I know I, I know he ended up uh, taking back some of the uh, statements saying that he didn't know if uh, she was actually abducted in that car. But this is pretty interesting, because in the documentary, I believe it was the one I told you about before, Mary Boyle, The Untold Story, when they flash back into some old video of the family, there's actually a fucking red car at the grandparents' house, Chris. So take that as you will. So she goes missing. They can't find her, right? So what do we have? About 45 minutes. So you're saying that the uncle was talking to the neighbors for about 30 minutes. Mary should have been home about 25 minutes prior to that. So if you figure by the time... He walks back, what are we talking, maybe like a 10 to 15 minute walk. So we have 45 minutes of unaccounted time as to where Mary could be, right? So on this piece of land, which is fucking huge, you got two farmlands right next to each other with some waterways. Where the fuck could she have gone in that short of a time period? So the family does actually get the cops involved. So as you said, that they start checking with like just people passing by. The fucking fisherman gave his account. They started to put together like little search groups within the family, right? Then they got the police involved. They even went so far as to start draining these like these marsh areas, like these fucking bogs, in an effort to see if they could find Mary. And each effort was unsuccessful. What's crazy is that being her sister Anne was a twin to Mary, the police actually had her take the route back to see if maybe she could give them any idea of where Mary could have gone, just in the hopes that, you know, twins sharing, you know, that same kind of thought pattern that maybe she can lead them into a direction that she thinks that Mary might have gone, but it did not help at all. But her sister did make a good fucking point because at the time of her disappearance, she was eating a bag of chips, apparently. And she said, so if she had fallen into one of these waterways or these bogs, you would have found that fucking bag. But who knows, though? You also have a six-year-old kid recounting this story. So who knows if she had the chips beforehand or if she had chips at all? So take that into account also. That's just a little minute detail, but it seems like it could have been a very important detail, if true. The investigation and the search for Mary 
was kind of a town effort. There was like shows going on and shit, and I think even a play. And they made the announcement that this little girl was missing. And this happened at like 3.30 in the afternoon. So once they figured she was missing, four, please come, probably five. So you look at it early evening. The patrons of this fucking show and even some of the uh, employees actually started helping in the search for Mary on the farm. So, I mean, this picked up right away. And that's the crazy thing. Like, So you have this little girl on this piece of land owned by her grandparents with her cousins and her siblings there, her parents and uncle and other neighbors and fishermen nearby, and nobody, nobody can tell us anything about where she went. And obviously, you can't look to the little kids to give you answers, but there are quite a number of adults around at this time. So you would think somewhere, somehow, someone would know something. And maybe they do. It seems awfully odd that... She would just walk back, quick five-minute walk, and all of a sudden she just disappears and never seen from again. And she's literally visible from the house where she just left. I mean, she's five minutes away, 400-yard walk. You know, it just seems, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe something did happen, and it was a cover-up, or I don't know. Here's an interesting little uh, tidbit that we come to find out. So the Garda was obviously investigating this case, and they had a few suspects that they were looking into, and obviously questioning and whatnot and i don't know if they were about to make a rest but the hearsay is that they were basically on to someone that they know or they think was responsible for it and that's when they got a phone call from a prominent politician to say lay off that suspect and apparently they did so that then you know if this is actually the case that makes you fucking wonder what is going on here something much deeper must be going on than what we see on the surface here. When you look into the documentary, then they they uh, actually have retired Garda sergeants that spoke. They deny that there were, I mean, you know, who knows if they're telling the truth, but they, they say they deny any political pressure was was, uh, was brought in the investigation, but they did say that they were told to ease off when questioning one of the suspects. And that makes so. you... you, you question why like what was the suspect's tie to this politician so then that leads down another road of speculation and theories so one such theory that you read a lot online is that they think that there might have been a pedophile ring and one of the family members was involved in it and mary was threatening to tell this is actually her sister's theory as well that mary was threatening to tell and they killed her so then you would then believe that, you know, these members of the political party were involved because they were afraid that they were going to be found out as well. So, I mean, so we don't know because the, there is no actual proof of that, but that is one of the speculative uh, fucking theories, man. And well, that's kind of where things kind of within the family start to crumble. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So her Mary's sister, who's now fifth, I believe she's 50 so she's still doing her due diligence and her name is ann doherty and you got to give her credit man she's still fighting to find out what happened to her sister she believes that her family knows what happened to mary and who killed mary and she says that the guy is still fucking alive and he's never been arrested for this and still lives in the denegal area till this day i know a lot of people they get on certain family members for not talking or not acting in a certain way but you know, you, you, you can't tell somebody how everybody handles situations differently. And it's so easy to say, well, if that happened to me, I would be doing that. Or I'd do this. That's the first thing people always say. But 
you don't know until you're in that situation. So, you know, until there's enough evidence and you would hope that the police and the, these politicians would be righteous enough to do the right fucking thing, right? You know, especially to find out what happened to this fucking little girl. I think you at least owe her and the family that, especially her sister, and who's trying everything she can to find her, you know? But, you know, you just don't know, and you can't go around just blasting people, even if you have an idea who you think fucking did it, so... But the, this, the case is still open now. Oh, it's still open, and, and so. the beneficial thing here, too, is that one of Mary's distant relatives, and who was apparently a friend of the family as well, was a famous Irish country singer by the name of Margot O'Donnell, and you'll see her on the documentary, and you'll also see her name come up when you read stories about Mary's case. You gotta give it to Margot, because she's done everything in her power to try to bring justice to unveiling what fucking happened here, what happened in this case, and she was able to use some of her celebrity to keep this case in the media, because it does seem, man, when you read shit about this like we're not privy to all the irish media so we don't know but from everything i've read this case is not getting the attention it deserves i mean granted it is now what this happened in 77 so what 43 years ago but still you're talking about a missing child which is the longest cold case in your country's history so you would think that people would kind of demand answers at some point people outside her family and close friends like you said this has been 43 years going and it's tough, like like you say, you don't know until you're in the situation, but you have to imagine for many people who may have been involved in in this search and, and trying to uncover evidence and suspects, to have this sitting over you for years and years and years and to just keep staying on top of it, obviously as a family member, I'd, I'd imagine you'd still have that drive, but I don't know, I mean like... I'm sure plenty of people just got, like, to the point where, like, it's been 43 years. I mean, there's been some, you know, little things here and there because, like you mentioned, back in 2016, you know, there was uh, another investigation uh, was launched. So there's definitely still things going on to try to kind of keep the, the case fresh. But, like, also, like you mentioned, that it's kind of dying off. And I think that just has to do with the 43 years of time that have passed. I mean... Well, you know, what's crazy is, like, you have all these older cases. Yeah, like, you're right. It's time. So time has a way of just pushing things under the carpet in one way or another. But, you know, as we have this new science that's constantly evolving and coming out, like, you know, and we have all this social media at our hands. So, you know, you have people like online fucking investigators, <laughs> armchair investigators working on this shit nonstop. You got two fucking dopes like us talking about it. And you got, you know, these documentaries coming out being shared on YouTube with over a million fucking views. So this is shit that you didn't have decades ago that all it takes is one little piece of evidence. You know, if you find something, about a piece of clothing with DNA on it, or, you oh, know, yeah. these ground penetrating fucking like these sonar shit so you could find maybe any kind of like you know remnants of bones and bone fragments or anything skull anything that you might be able to find could eventually lead to a conclusion in this case and maybe even and hopefully a fucking arrest but like as you said chris right they're not going quietly because the relatives and a bunch of the other fucking people who want to see justice for mary actually 
protested, right? And they signed a fucking um, a petition. I think it had more than 10,000 signatures on it as far as an inquest to be held. And now this is where the mom... God, what do you call it? Ann Senior? <laughs> Mary, I don't know if that works with... Yeah, Mary's mom, Ann, has uh, drawn a lot of uh, criticism because she doesn't want there to be an inquest and she even requested that there not be an inquest after her death. Now... To me, that's kind of funny, and I can't not say I don't think that's suspect because I would want to know what happened to my child, no matter what. Even after I'm fucking dead, I, I would want an answer. But also, if you if you flip the coin, it could be that she's so hurt and, and, and broken over this that she doesn't want to deal with it. She wants it to be done and, and, and be not forgotten, but basically keep it in the basement. You know, She doesn't want it coming back in light. I mean, you'd imagine that that would destroy your fucking life as a parent yeah i mean having to like reopen a wound i can't imagine that anybody grieving over a lost child like that you're 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 grieving for life you know but obviously you kind of get to the point where you're probably a little more comfortable with coping with the idea and you've had time to do that but i guess every time something new pops up and something is reopened you know it kind of just it keeps it fresh, you know, like it, people are going over the case again and talking about the details of what happened. I mean, you, it kind of makes you relive that day. So I feel like that could be a reason or it could just be something very suspicious, like you mentioned. Suspicion leads us to suspects. Now, let's talk about a couple of the suspects. And there actually was even an arrest in this case, but it didn't seem to stick, Chris. But do you want to see something sticky? Get the fuck out of here, guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this? All right, so let's run down what we fucking know. I mean, right after the disappearance, they questioned an initial suspect. But uh, this fucking guy, so I would assume it was a male, but we don't know. But this person was questioned and released, and there was no charge. Police took in uh, a convicted pedophile by the name of Brian McMahon. And obviously, that's where your fucking mind would go whenever a child was missing. At least for me, I mean, the first thing I think is fucking a kitty fiddler, right? Or that just always seems to be the, the, the M.O. for these fucking guys, right? So this fucking guy, McMahon, was taken into custody by the guard day. Or I shouldn't say taken into custody. He was taken in for questioning in 2014. Now, you can find this guy's picture online. It's his fucking little mugshot. He's definitely, uh, definitely a little creepy looking, but uh, like this is funny in one of the articles about him. They actually say he was arrested from prison last November. He had already been in jail for two years for a shitload like uh, of sex offenses against boys in uh, South Denegal in the 70s and 80s. So this time period matches up and obviously being a kitty fiddler that fucking would add a, a piece of uh suspicion to this fucking guy so this guy has a, str- a string of fucking things i'm just reading right now he also was convicted of one charge of indecently assaulting a boy's younger brother in september of 73 and in september of 74 all in this fucking Ballyshannon area so this guy's lurking around this fucking area so i mean you could see how 
they would obviously think that this guy would make a pretty fucking decent suspect. But as we come to find out, Chris, he was questioned and released. So he was found not to be involved. He wasn't our only suspect. Uh, why don't you tell the good people about uh, our next asshole, uh, Bobby Black? Yeah, they also thought that perhaps he could have been involved because he was a convicted child killer. He, they were trying to place his location, and apparently he was a cross-border truck driver. Yeah, he was a delivery guy, right? So he yeah. knew the area well. And he could have been in the area at the time of her disappearance yep. delivering goods. He was known in the area, apparently, and he had been charged for drinking after the hours. <laughs> what the fuck does that all- mean? What does that mean? Is that like a drinking and driving charge? One of our listeners from Ireland, let us know what the fuck that means, drinking after hours. After hours drinking. So yeah, I, I wonder if that is just... Is there an actual time where you can't drink anymore, or was it he was driving? Anyway, his van was identified outside a pub in Annegree. Why do these motherfuckers always have vans? Is it to toss kids in there so fucking quickly? Those scumbags. Probably. So his van was identified outside of this pub in Annegree, and this was the time, uh, at the time that Mary had disappeared. But a witness says, apparently, that they claimed they heard crying and whimpering from the rear of the van. But, lo and behold, by the time the documentary was released by Gemma or O'Doherty, Apparently, it was pretty much widely known and believed that, that he could not have been responsible. So, you know what? Like, this is the thing. Like, I, I assume that when they add these notes in, you know, saying that, oh, they heard crying whimpering, but there's nothing to elaborate on it. I'm assuming it was just taken as, like, all right, you know, hearsay, whatever. I mean, it's just taken as, like, blah, blah. Like Yeah, because it, it's, it's one of those things. Like, so if you did s- s- end up recognizing this Robert Black, dickhead because he you know obviously saw him all over the fucking news and he goes oh shit i saw that guy oh you know i think i heard something coming back from the back of the van you know i think your mind does shit like that a lot of the time too yeah and sometimes like the fisherman guy like first all of a sudden it was oh he saw mary going into a red car then all of a sudden it was oh he just actually saw a red car that looks suspicious i mean i don't think i care i don't think i care for your anti-fisherman attitude chris (laughs) i love fishing but do you like me I'm not sure where you're going with this, Bill. But I'm sorry, Chris, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I just think that sometimes you either, A, have a person that is just caught in the moment, and they say something that could draw attention, whether they do it intentionally, or, like you said, they kind of just, their mind just starts wandering and thinking and, and taking things that may not, not have sounded like, what they described it as, but they're like, oh, you know, actually, now that I think about it, I did hear whimpering, you know, nearby. But who knows? I mean, obviously, it wasn't something serious enough, or there wasn't enough of a lead to, to figure out. There was suspicion, all right? So he was a proposed as a suspect, but did they actually investigate his home? Did they go to his house and see if there was anything in there? But I, I, th- this guy was such a piece of shit scumbag. I'm reading his fucking background right now, and... Uh, this guy wasn't only just a child killer. He was a fucking serial killer. And, and, and uh, again, a kitty fiddler. Oh, wow. He was convicted of kidnapping, rape, and murder of three girls in 94. But that that's part of the reason why they he became a suspect. Like you said, he, he murdered four girls between the ages of 5 and 11. 
And I mean, it went from on from 1981 through 86 in the UK. But here's the thing. He was convicted of those four. And that's the four that they found out about. But there could have easily been more before that. Right. We don't know. So he would sort of fit nicely into that suspect category. So anyway, yeah. So this fat, ugly fuck, he ended up dying of a heart attack. Right, Chris? Yep, in so, 2016. Apparently, he was found not to have been able to be placed within the uh, vicinity of uh, Mary's location when she disappeared. So they later ruled that he was not a suspect. But who knows, man, if he's done it four times, even it was after that, who says he couldn't have been um, doing that for years prior? So that's another fucking waste of fucking space that's gone from the earth now, which is a good thing. Also, other suspects, you know, and this is going by Anne's, uh, this is going by Ann Daugherty, who is Mary's twin sister, as we said. She believes that the family knows who did this, and she said the person is still alive. So, obviously, it's not Black that she thinks that has done it, and she doesn't believe that it was the fucking guy, Brian McMahon. So, it leads you to believe that she thinks it's probably someone who was on the property that day or was close by the vicinity of that property so even like in that neighborhood so like as i said they don't list the suspect's name so obviously we're not gonna speculate who the fuck we think it is you know how they said like she couldn't name the suspect Mm -hmm. i wonder if that's because she's just the only one who is suspicious like if the police mark somebody as a suspect it seems like it can be made public because how do we know about the suspects then well, I mean, I think they had enough. Or is it after they're well, cleared? They, well, I think you're allowed to do it. Like, so that Brian McMahon guy, he was already in prison. So I think that they were allowed to. If if there's enough evidence to bring you in for questioning, I guess no. But that won't make sense either because the, the initial suspect was questioned and his name was not released. So I don't know. That's a good question, Chris. But. I mean, I guess once you're already convicted of a crime, it's easy to go and say that, you know, okay. I, that's that would be my only assumption. It appears so, because it says other people have been questioned. If you're already a convicted fucking uh, pedo, you know, who gives a shit what happens to you? Fucking, you, you, your, name can't get, your name can't get dragged through the mud any worse than you already are. So they probably just throw it out there. But that's it, Chris. I mean, that's where we stand today. I mean, now we have... Uh, family fucking divided you know with these missing person cases or, or, or child being killed and whatnot it can easily just divide a family and, and and tear a family apart and that's what we have here and, and and that's not the last of the bad news for the Boyle family unfortunately uh mary's dad charlie died in a fucking fishing accident in 2005 so this family has definitely suffered a shitload of heartache man Fuck. You know, it's hard to really decipher what's going on here, you know, because I'm sure Anne, her twin sister, is just completely brokenhearted as well. Never got to grow up with her sister. And, of course, her being a twin, they probably had, you know, even a deeper connection. So she wants answers. She wants to know what the fuck happened. And then you have the mom who doesn't want an inquest done. So, you know... Obviously, Anne's going to believe that that's a suspicious action to take. And I'm sure a lot of people believe that, too. And the fact that she doesn't even want to inquest after her death definitely does raise an eyebrow, too. But, you know, nothing could be really worse than a mother's grief at losing a child, too, or a parent's grief in general. So you can't automatically just go and point the fingers at these family members. This could have just been, honestly, 
uh, an abduction by some fucking freak that was in the woods or going by and he saw the opportunity. You know, the opportunity presented itself and grabbed her and don't know because you would think, you know, what, they before they started the search at 45, around 45 minutes, right? Something would have shown up on this fucking farm, right? With all these digs and like draining of the fucking, the bogs and all shit. Something would have shown up, a piece of clothing that I would think that Mary was obviously taken from that farm. That's what it would yeah. sound like to me. It seems like it either that or it was a very elaborate cover-up yeah. um, in the area because it sounds like, oh, you know, this is like some crazy freak accident. I mean, that's the reason why this is a story. The reason why this is well-documented is because of how this head-scratch of a case, there's always going to be freak things that happen where you can't explain how it happened, and, and those are the ones we're typically talking about. But, like, it happens, you know, like... This could have been a, literally, like you said, like this guy or somebody, if somebody did take her, it was just like the right time or in the wrong place at the right time type of thing. You well, know, it's just. Dude, there's a case from the 80s, and I think maybe we'll eventually cover it at some point, but it's very, it's so sad. I can't, I've read books on it. I, fucking guy that committed this crime it makes my fucking blood boil. But there was a case here in the States, and I believe it was in Minnesota, the case of Jacob Wetterling. You know, generally they say that, you know, these abductions are generally never done by strangers like most of the time it's done by someone you know but he was riding his bike with his brother and a friend to a video store at night and on the way back they were passing a cornfield and this fucking piece of shit was hiding in a corn pulled out a gun and abducted him and took him just random so i mean this shit does it it it, it does happen albeit rare you know like it does happen so maybe that's what happened in this case you just don't fucking know and just like as usual for us, Chris, we have no fucking answers to offer anybody. <laughs> My good people, you were looking for the case cracker. Please look elsewhere. <laughs> but that's it, Chris. That concludes the sad case of Mary Boyle. So all we can do is hope that not only for her family, but for Mary as well, that she can one day get fucking justice and be able to rest in peace. That whoever did this or whatever happened to her is found out and... Uh, we can all get some answers. Yeah, and, and obviously anybody who is in Ireland, because apparently this is a very popular case over there, you know, if if you know any other information that we didn't cover, uh, if there's, like, new information that's unfolded or something that hasn't made it to the news in the U.S., I don't know, but definitely something we would like to hear. And listen, don't, don't give us a hard time either. This is free entertainment, all right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, if you do have any information or you know something, um, I mean, go to the cops. Don't come to us. But uh, uh, <laughs> if, if, if uh, there's shit that we missed, definitely hit us up and let us know. And, Chris, I'm feeling energized now. So I'm going through my fucking list. I, when I started off tonight, when I started recording, I was like, I'm, I'm not doing it. I don't give a fuck about Facebook. I, and I'm off I'm, I'm, I'm off Facebook again. Larry made me get off. I got, uh, I got too <laughs> heated. You know, I was on there for about three days and I just started getting pissed off so I'm off again so if you contact us on uh, Facebook on the Between the Cracks podcast page uh, that's going to be up to Chris if he wants to answer you I have nothing to do with it <laughs> I don't <laughs> and, even think I'm on it <laughs> and then uh, uh, if that doesn't suit your fancy you can uh, always email us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or the be- and the best way to get in touch with us is between the cracks podcast on instagram that comes directly to me i'll answer you back okay whatever 
if you want to fight with me over something, we'll fight. I don't, I don't care. I'm tired. Uh, no, but tell us what you think of the show. And if you get a chance, rate us. Give us five stars and say a nice little word. It helps us get up there in the fucking ratings. doesn't make a difference what you say. Just uh, help us get found. We are dying to get back on the charts, bud. And we are creeping ever closer to the U.S. charts. And I can't wait to the day I wake up and see it. But it's coming, Chris. I feel good about it. And, uh, Hold your breath. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you just popped my balloon, buddy. But uh, I also will have the order sheet up for the fucking shirts. When I get back from New Jersey, I'm going down to the beach for a few days. i got to relax and clear my head from all these cases. I'll have that all set up for if anybody wants to buy shirts. And uh, I think that's it, Chris. Oh, but we are fucking concluding our world tour next week in Belarus. I'm going to give you a little hint. It's another missing persons case, but it has a happy ending. Chris? Do, do you, Chris, Chris, do you like happy endings? I mean, it's good for everyone when things turn out happy, I guess. Hmm, interesting response. Okay, guys, uh, so with that said, <laughs> we bid you, oh, God, such trash, we bid you the fondest, oh, farewells. so fucking stupid. Here we go. Ah, oh, the fucking volume again. Hold on, let me just get the cat out of the room. Oh, no, no. Come on. Get out of here. What was the last thing I fucking said? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna actually look at a map. Oh, look at it. Look, yeah, look into a map and I'll edit it right the fuck in there. Was this guy a fucking pedophile? Who the fuck's this guy, Brian? McMahon? Robert Black? No, no, I know Robert Black, but the other guy. <laughs> Fuck is my goddamn sound effect. Hold on. God damn it, I'm never ready. <laughs> All right, that's it. Perfect. <laughs> that was a good episode. Surprisingly. Yeah.